Hello and welcome to Blue Salt, the official Birmingham City FC podcast, Callum Denning and Dale Moon, here to look back on a positive week, five points in the space of seven days, and looking ahead to more positives to come over the Easter weekend, with hopefully more than just eggs coming Blue's way. Goalkeeper Lee Camp will be joining us, and it's a very special quickfire questions with Blue's women and Liverpool's very own Paige Williams. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Right, Dale, we're here, we're back. Yeah, lots to talk about. Another podcast, another week's gone by. Uh, obviously, it has been a busy week. Three games in the space of seven days. A uh, few positive results against teams up there and, and uh, it's still not done. It rumbles on for another uh, another Easter weekend. Uh, you know, we thought we'd be home and hose by now. This yeah. was the season that we didn't have to worry about the last few games. But here we are in true Birmingham City style and it's still all to play. It wouldn't be Blues otherwise. No. I think we said this before, but it's true. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I've got to come clean at the start of the podcast and just go, I haven't seen any of the past <laughs> three games. I've been away. Why is that, Callum? Why is that? I'll tell you more later. I yeah. want to save that until a little bit later on when we've got Lee Camp here because I think he'll relate to why I haven't seen the games. If anything, he might be jealous, but yeah, we'll talk about that later. Okay. So I'm going to need you to kind of run me through them, let alone yeah. the listeners. We played Leeds, Leeds United, Sheffield United, Ipswich Town. Yeah. What happened? Other yeah. than, I know the scores, that's it. Yeah, we knew it was going to be a big week. You know, Leeds and Sheffield United in the space of four, five days. The Leeds one to start off with. Of course, we got that fantastic result at Ellen Road earlier in the season. You know what Leeds are all about. At this stage, Bielsa's got them playing a certain way. They go man for man, very fluid, very they dominate the ball. I mean, Hernandez is a top, top player in the middle of the park. I think the gaffer in, in the days leading up to the match spoke about Hernandez and how good he is, one of the best in this division. Uh, he actually took him um, from Swansea to Leeds, so f- followed his path. Um, but we've, we've, we've just played particularly well in off the ball. I mean... Leeds, we knew we were going to dominate possession. As I say, they like to, to, to pass you to death. But I thought the boys defended fantastically well. And, you know, you've always got a chance when you've got Shadams in your team. We've seen countless times this season where he pops up with a goal from nothing. Uh, and the goal comes from Jack McGomer's first real involvement in the game, actually, enough the left-hand side. Uh, darts between a few players um, and does the right thing. Uh, just offloads it across the 18-yard box. Uh, Lukas Jukovic with a presence of mind to let run through his legs and Shea Adams takes a couple of touches away from Pontus Janssen and just absolutely lashes one um, into the bottom corner. Brought everyone to life. But it just goes to show the fine margins and that was an afternoon that went four blues. I mean, Patrick Bamford has a really big chance two minutes before that where he hits the post and probably should score. Um, and from there on in, really, it was Leeds United trying to break down a resolute, well-organised, well-drilled, gritty Birmingham City performance and they and they failed to do it. Credit to Blues. Um, Leeds thought of trying to pass through us. They couldn't. They tried to go around us. They couldn't. Maxime Collin on the day was unbelievable at fullback. Pedersen had a good game as well. 
So a real, I mean, that was the one that everyone looked back on, and the gaffer particularly enjoyed it. I mean, I he, can imagine. He, you know, he, he's cool and calm, and he says all the right things, but you could tell the expression on his face after the game, both going to the tilt and and giving it the, the fist in the air, and you know, punches the air. Great gift, by the way. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then as he's making his way down the tunnel as well, he enjoyed that one, you know, uh, given all the fallout when he left Leeds. So really big three points to get that three game week up off and running. Perfect start. Rest and recovery. Boys are in over the weekend. Then, of course, comes another promotion contender in Sheffield United. Now you've got the Leeds fans who are obviously disappointed that we took points off them, hoping that we can replicate that performance. But to ask that group of players, and we've mentioned it a number of times this season, uh, such a small group to go again, and put in that effort against another side who's going to have more of the ball. You're going to do a lot of running defensively and covering a lot of space. Uh, I thought they were tremendous again against Sheffield United. Full behind. Uh, I think it's Ender Stevens just lashes one home from range. Uh, Campy just does get up to his right-hand side, but can't prevent it from going in. It's enough power behind it. One or two question marks over whether he could have done better, but mm-hmm. um, the, the, fact, the power just beat him. Um, and so then you're thinking, right, it's been a, so much energy in the Leeds game to get that result. What have they got left in, in the tank? What's in the reserves to go again? And uh, and credit to the boys. Um, I thought they were fantastic again to find a, a second win. And the and the, the real turning point in that game is that Leeds, uh, Sheffield United didn't have their lead for too long in the game. Um just checking, but it was four minutes yeah. between Ender Stevens and Michael Morrison's goal. Michael Morrison's sixth for the campaign. He's first at St Andrews. He's taking a claim, isn't he, for uh, top goal scorer? Yeah, yeah he's having a go. <laughs> yeah, he might have still too much to do with uh, just a handful of games left. But yeah, he um, stabs it home, loops it in underneath the, the crossbar. And I think that was crucial to score and get back on level terms before half-time was massive in the game. And again, you know, there was the, the, this opportunity for Blues to nick it. Um I think, you know, Shea's had a chance where you'd like to think he'd, he could have done better. Uh, Hotter's drilled one towards the, the, the near post, cutting off the right. Just didn't get the connection clean. You'd like to see him just put his foot through the ball yeah. sometimes, um, but almost dragged it down low to uh, to the keeper's near post. But um, another really good point on the board. So you look back on those two, you think, right, four points at St Andrews against two very good sides. Um, it can be decided on, on Saturday. We go to Ipswich, although not mathematically, a big three points there yeah. would see us home and hosed. Um, and for 45 minutes, it looked like we were going to run away with it. I really fancied us there as well. I know traditionally we've struggled against sides who are down at the wrong end of the table mm-hmm. and make life difficult, put players behind the ball and bank in. But Ipswich needed a win to keep their survival hopes alive, at least for another yeah. week. Uh, and we were, for the first half hour, 40 minutes... Uh, fantastic. I mean, we created so many openings. Without testing the goalkeeper, there was openings in terms of three-on-twos. We were getting in behind them. It was just that final pass or that final shot. We had a number of free kicks that we didn't take advantage of. Uh, get the goal through Lukas Jukic. Again, Maxim Collin involved. Fantastic run down the right. Pulls it across the six-yard box and he prods it home. So there you think, right, let's kick on now. And like I say, created a number of chances. Going 1-0 up at half-time. Uh, and you know, Paul Lambert changes it, throws on another striker. They go two up top. Quainer was a handful on loan from Huddersfield, uh, and they made life really difficult for us. And in the end, you know, they get their equaliser, and then they're in the ascendancy. The whole pendulum swings their way, 
and you come away, you know, they're, they're inches away from taking the lead and off the inside of the post and right the way across goal and Harley Dean has to shovel it clear. But you come away thinking, well, we could have got done there. We've gone from a half in the first half of, of the game where we should we should be three or four up to coming away, thankful to to have taken a point and, you know, that the results rather than drawing with Stoke meant that not much has changed at the foot of the table and mm-hmm. ultimately we're a game down, we're a week closer towards the end of the season, but a big double header over Easter to come. Sounds like a tale of two halves. It was which kind of having nothing to lose really in that second half. Mm. Already looking like they were heading for the drop, just going all guns blazer. Yeah, that is exactly that. I mean, like you say, to be one nil down, they weren't in the game in that first period. He's changed it. He just matched us basically. Thought we'll go four four two. Fancied their chances against us, and they were. You know, they've got some good players. And Judge is a good player. Had a fantastic season at at Brentford. Like I say, Quayne on loan from Huddersfield was probably their their dangerous their, their threat, their biggest danger. Um, but the first half opening to the big disappointment. We spoke to David Davis after the game, and he said we have to be more ruthless. That was real. The real message to come away from Portland Road was when we create these chances, we have to take them. We have to be ruthless in front of goal because we we should have put Ipswich away. We didn't. But it's another point. We go again, and like we say, it prolongs this season uh, at least uh, till this Easter weekend, where um, you'd imagine it would be decided over the space yeah. of Friday and Monday. Big, big game on Monday away at Rotherham. We'll talk about that, though, in a moment because I think it's time to uh, welcome our guest for the week. Uh, do you want to give him a bit of an introduction? I know he's our first player, really, on Blues Talk for an extended interview, so please do the honours. Yep, we were overjoyed to be joined by Lee Camp, um, who is a, a fantastic character among the group, as you're just about to hear, but... Uh, I thought the chat was was fantastic. He's had obviously his critics this season. You know, some he'll as you'll hear he th- thinks are, are fair, some aren't. Um, very frank, forthright, experienced professional, seen and done a lot in the game. Talks, he just feels comfortable in his own skin. You can tell he knows what football's about. He talks about a wide range of issues, starting with about twenty minutes of wrestling talk, <laughs> um, which wrong is not with that. my thing, but clearly it's yours uh, and his. Um, just an advance warning to fast forward if you're not into that I suppose <laughs> uh, talks about the Netflix series Sunderland Till I Die which he featured in um, but you know someone who we haven't heard a lot of I think he spoke in the I think he spoke after the QPR game as a train goes past yeah, behind interrupted. the stand here at St Andrews um, yeah he spoke after the QPR game but we haven't heard his voice too often this season on Blues TV and I think uh, it's a fantastic chance to sit down with him as with most of our guests this could have been a three, four hour interview, particularly with Lee Camp, um, but a real stand up pro and someone um, who we really enjoy talking to. The Blues Talk Podcast. So Campy, my, so I thought the best, most pertinent question, <laughs> considering you've had over 500 appearances in the game, yeah, done a round of the Midlands <laughs> clubs, but I thought I'd kick off by asking, should a grown man still be into wrestling? Brilliant. Let's bring it on. <laughs> bring it on. Bring it on. Uh, so, as a 34-year-old, should, you still, you, should you still be that keen into wrestling? Uh, yeah, you should, because you never get too old to suspend your disbelief. So, that's very just, deep. This is it. That was a very Look, philosophical question. I'm sat here quietly seething at the question. Well, you asked well, the question. You asked yeah, the question. Yeah. No, you're going to get some answers. Unpack it for me, then. Well, no, I think it's one of them, it's one of the things. It's... I wouldn't say I'm as into it as, as I was 
perhaps when I was a kid and when I was a teenager and that, but I still take an interest in it. And it's, I think with all the different <clears throat> forms of media there is now, i.e. podcasts and mm. things like that, it's, it's interesting to get a different perspective on it. So mm. it's, it's probably more the, the nostalgia of it yeah. that interests me and in going back to events that were um, sort of my era, wrestlers of my era, and then obviously there's so much, like I said, so much media that you can relate back to. It's interesting to see a different perspective. So I wouldn't say I sit up watching Raw at, at three <laughs> o'clock on a, a, a Tuesday you morning or anything like that. Morning, but, they wonder. Um, but with like, for example, the WWE Network's like a tenner a month and you've got so much... You should subscribe. Stuff. Hell yeah, I subscribe. <laughs> and like, <clears throat> you like, you, you know, you can click on your on your iPad or on your phone or on your TV or whatever, and you've got everything. So it's like, why Do you not? subscribe, Danny? I subscribe, man. Yeah. I'm going to publicly come out here now. I was at WrestleMania this year, right? So I want to switch this question on to you. What's your favourite like TV show? You like Game of Thrones? Yeah. You know it's all fake, yeah? It's all fictional. No, I thought... None of it's real. No, I thought the, the dragons were real. Well, this is the thing with wrestling. It's a fictional mm. like, entertainment product. Mm. But I don't go that deep. I don't think like you need to go that deep. It's just, it doesn't harm anyone. It's a light-hearted entertainment. If I sit at home for an hour, and I've got an hour to kill, and I listen to a podcast about something that I want to listen to, or if I watch something that I want to do, I'm not harming anybody. Yeah. And I just think it's what I enjoy. Some yeah. people will go out and have 20 pints and want to have a fight, in the middle of an afternoon and what's the difference if he wants to do that and enjoy it mm. then so be it it's just like it is what it is it's just but um, I watch snooker I'll watch snooker as if I'd watch wrestling or yeah. these other sports and other things it's just one of them one things I do to pass time how was WrestleMania then? it was alright it was long seven hours long <coughs> yeah. so uh, you know you had numb legs by the end of it but yeah. I mean I'm sure Camp will agree it's a decent watch yeah yeah, I've not watched it. I've not actually watched it, and I've but the bits I've seen and the reviews and and all that, which you take very lightly because you make your own assessment of it. But it seems as if it's one of the better ones in recent years. Um, but I heard somebody say something the other day that actually like WrestleMania sells itself, and the the event is bigger. Yeah, yeah. The spectacle. Than the, the spectacle yeah. and the whole week leading into it and the whole thing has become like a bit of a Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah way of doing it where even like the towns now bid on Wrestlemania no way so it's obviously like a money thing like because yeah, yeah. they go back to some towns that they've been a couple of years before which never used to happen <clears throat> that's that sells so you're not <clears throat> the, the actual events are probably bigger than the matches where yeah. when I was growing up it was more about actually what the rest like I couldn't have told you what really was the card this right. year I wasn't that into it into it as much but you know it seems as if it's Wrestlemania it's already sold out before there's anything that even you don't even know what you're watching you're buying a ticket for Wrestlemania yeah, yeah, so you don't even knowing. right even knowing if everyone's going to be wrestling so, if I'd have bought a ticket and Undertaker hadn't have been wrestling I think yeah. I'm going Wrestlemania so I want to see Undertaker for example and he wasn't wrestling kind of like oh a bit good but yeah. you kind of take your chances don't you because yeah. you, buy, you buy a ticket because if you don't it's going to be sold out in 20 minutes yeah. without even a match how many so. people were there 85,000 were there I've got to say as well had a Blues fan shout keep right on at me as I walked into <laughs> really? the stadium so did you have it? Did he know? How would he know? Did you go in the blues top? Listen, tradition, right? I know I'm a club employee <laughs> and everything, but when you're at WrestleMania, you get a replica shirt of the football team support. If you're British, everyone does it. I saw Blackburn, yeah. Oxford, okay. Villa, and um, did you did you uh, take part in tailgating? 
You know what? We came in on this weird train service that they run over there. So you could kind of see the tailgating in the car parks, okay. but you kind of cut off from it. You come into, it's almost like a compound. It's yeah, weird. Yeah. yeah, we were away from all of it, but it looked like something. I'd like to see it at St. Andrews on a match day. Uh, in the car park, I, I pretty much. I saw some like, crazy fans jumping off cars, doing... You saw that video of me? Yeah, do like reenacting. The geezer had a belt and all sorts, and they were so keen for it. It's just like like a cult following. Mm -hmm. And you know when like someone wins about the crowd go up, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Like they're so bought into it, like it's a a contest, like a fight. Is it Even not? though you know that it's not real, it's just quite light entertainment, which I find crazy. I haven't watched it for years. Like the last time, I, like I was saying, the last time I probably watched it was like The Rock. Stone Cold Steve Austin. So good to do a good time to stop. Uh, Rikishi was Rikishi. probably Rikishi, yeah. the greatest of all Rikishi time. Rikishi was probably the Rikishi is the greatest of all time. My all-time favorite. He? he follows me on Twitter. That's my claim to fame. That stink face. Have honestly, it's the greatest right? finishing move. I, yeah, like Bret Hart's my guy. Bret Hart's oh, yeah. my. Guy. I was never really. So I got into it. <clears throat> first, my first memory of it was like '92. Okay. And me and my mate. I give him a shout out, Michael Lewis, Louis from Dar. We always used to go to each other's house on a Monday and a Wednesday. I think I think it was went his. And his auntie actually recorded a bit of pirate, bit of pirate video before it was even piracy. But she recorded off Sky Sports like SummerSlam '92. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was at Wembley. Right. So that was obviously all on Sky and all that back in the day. And I remember we just watched it, and that was my first sort of. I think that's like my first memory. And obviously the main event of that was Bret Hart and the Bulldog. And from then on, I was always a Bret Hart guy. And then from then on, that's where I kind of became kind of obsessed with it and went back and virtually had like, I remember going to Asda on a Friday night and I'd book my dad for a video. Dad, I need a video. Can I get a video? And basically beat him into submission. And then it was like, Dad, I need these two videos. So it was like, yeah. <laughs> so every Friday night was a case of trying to get a wrestling video yeah, from yeah. Asda. Uh, my dad or going to the video shop to hire like so then my kind of went back obviously to like probably 1984 five sort really? of thing and or but we never because then you don't really know what's going on week to week you only really have like the main events yeah, so you yeah. know all like the rest of as well all the main ones but the actual what goes on week to week i didn't really know so yeah, i didn't yeah. really understand the storylines until which are, which watching. are a big part of it is that what so the storylines and the characters and who likes yeah. who who don't but if like you actually who, like if you if you get into it now it's so everything again it's surprising like everything's so immediate oh, like yeah. they'll have an argument at the start of the night yeah but at nine o'clock and by half ten they've had a fight someone's <laughs> gone through a table <laughs> like a diva's got involved and it's all over and it's everything's just so quick where before they used to have build up yeah, and yeah. it all and it all used to like just sort of organically yeah. develop into something. Yeah. And now it's just now it's just like everything gets rammed down your throat, it's like this, it's that, and it's like they're doing stuff on social media and it's just it's the world we live in which is is fine and it's not my world, but mm. it's kinda it that's the bit where it's like Yeah. You know, don't want to sound old and oh go go to the old <laughs> school. But it's kinda like how many times can you see these two fight again? Like what more can? Uh, how many more tables are you gonna it's like? Not original, and it's it seems very it's just too scripted now. Do you know what I mean? Is it's it true scripted. that mankind wasn't supposed to be thrown through his cell? Was he supposed to fall through it? I think that's true. He, he was meant it. to be thrown off the top. 
Okay. Well, I don't the, think the yeah. commentary table. I could well be wrong. I don't think the roof was meant to give way. Right. No. I've listened to a podcast on this actually, and so I think he was meant to be thrown off the table, off the roof onto, onto the table. table. I don't think anybody knew it was coming. Right. But I think the craze gave way. Mm. I think he fell or he slipped and he yeah. ended up going back through. That's, and that's when I think that's, 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 and that's when his tooth come out for his and the, un- <laughs> the Undertaker right. at this point is breaking it. Yeah. The Undertaker thinks Thinking. he's killed him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. the Undertaker should like check he's not dead. Yeah, yeah. And then he gets up laughing and he's too sanguine yeah. out his nose wow. and it's like, wow. That's my favourite um, resting moment. That's the, the image my to grandparents. The we used to, I used to watch it my grandparents, Friday Night Raw, do you think like, it was like Sky Sports, 10 till midnight, yeah. every Friday. That was before Smackdown was even. Oh yeah, yeah and they had before. it on delay, yeah. yeah. But that was the time, so you, that would what, probably be like 90s? Late, early 90s, mid 90s. 96, 97 ish. Yeah. So that's when like the Monday night wars were yeah, yeah, with Monday WCW. Night. That's it, yeah, yeah. So Raw. Goldberg, Sting. Had to be mental. From week to week, it was like ridiculous because yeah. they were vying for ratings. Yeah, yeah. So it was like it just getting better and better. So that was a great. Yeah, that was. Like, that, that was the greatest era of like. And I did go and see it when it was in Birmingham. I've still got the program. And I remember, like I say, the Legion of Doom and. Farouk and the Nation of Domination and all yeah. that. That was my. That, that was where it went from a bit cartoony into a little bit more of themselves. Yeah. So like Stone Cold, like sort of went from being whatever he was, and he sort of like basically just went off and did his own thing. Yeah. And that's before when they could say what they want. Well, within reason, say what they wanted on the mic. Good. And, get, and now it's all like very scripted. Yeah, it's like you can tell them reading a telly like things. Yeah, like, prompt, do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's. But, but given all that, when you watch the Hardy Boys. Yeah, they still got to have some athletic ability to throw themselves yeah. and twist themselves. Ridiculous idiots! Like, like, throw it, like at these, honestly, like, them in the early nineties, uh, late nineties, early two thousand, whenever they did them table legends and yeah, shit. Like, legends, you yeah. watch them now and you look at it and you think, like, <sighs> yeah, man, mental. Like, yeah. no wonder they've all got neck injuries and spinal. Problems. Like, mm-hmm. I know, I know, it's scripted and. An, I know, I don't want to say it's fake, I know they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, but still. But I'm telling you, I throw myself on the floor most days <laughs> for my living, yeah. and it hurts sometimes, and it, your body takes its, to- it takes its toll on your body, I should say. So if I'm 300 pounds, and I'm being thrown off a ladder that's 20 foot in the air, and I'm going into like, through a load of woods, although it's whatever, it ain't padded. No. It's got to hurt. It's still going to hurt. And when you land on your head, and you like, you know, from, it's got to hurt. And I think some of these... Like when I've seen it live, I think it's about seven foot him. He's just throwing him about twelve foot up in the air, yeah. and it's come crashing down on his back. It's got hurt, I yeah. think. Fair play to him. They must have like some resilience Robust. to do it, but yeah. I'm not. I've not dreamt this up. There was a spell in the late nineties or mid nineties where Raw they used to have. I don't even know the politically correct term. Small people do it with. Massive. Yeah, that is a huge, huge. No one knows what to say. Yeah. Because I listen to podcasts and they call them. What was With that? the greatest respect, they call them all sorts. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've no What abs- was that? Was like, that just a Let's call it Dink. Got Dink. Doink and Dink. Right? Okay. So you've got Doink the Clown and, and he adds his mini-me. Okay. We'll call him mini-me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, and he was Dink. Okay. So yes, I know what you mean. You know but what that mean? was like an attraction. They call that like the attraction. Oh, okay. So like The Undertaker was classed as an attraction, if that makes sense. That's oh, okay. how they marketed it. Like That's why he wasn't yeah. very... That's why he wasn't champion very often. Oh, okay. Because that's how that... But that's the sort of stuff that interests me. Yeah. Now is that when you listen to the podcast and they go like, <clears throat> for example, let's say like WrestleMania from like ninety one or ninety two, whenever. 
you think, well, why did they put the matches together? Why did this happen? Why did that happen? Yeah. And there's so many critics like, oh, I wouldn't have done this and I wouldn't have done that. And you're kind of like, yeah, but your decisions don't make any, don't have any consequences. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're not thinking how to run my business. Like, make money and market it. 12 months it. down the line. Yeah. So it's interesting to look back now and look at the psychology why and they the, why they did certain things. Yeah. And you think, actually, yeah, that makes sense. And when you put it like that, you think, yeah, you can't do that. So you've got all these people who criticise it yeah, and go, yeah. oh, I shouldn't have done this and why did that happen? And it's like, well, that's fair enough. But you're just looking at that one thing. I suppose it's a bit like a football manager when he makes one decision. Yeah, one like substitution. A, there's a ripple effect. Mm. So it's like, if I do that, how does that affect you? And if I make that, how does that affect him? Mm. And then what, what happens there? And what, and it's all, I suppose it's like moving pieces, which is, I suppose is like anybody who's a manager in a leadership role who's having to deal with people have that thing and that's the sort of thing I like I look at and yeah, it's yeah. nice just to un- I mean it's it's nothing I'm not it's not going to change my life by knowing yeah, but it's, yeah. you look back and you think actually yeah oh, that okay. makes sense and that's like why did they do that yeah, and interesting. it's interesting to see because I mean the geezer who's Vince McMahon he's took it from like buying it off his dad to being like a New York wrestling outfit geezer's a billionaire absolutely do you know what I mean his business is worth it's priceless and after all these years still attracts 80,000 yeah. plus people and a worldwide audience They've, of millions. The Raw and Smackdown, they sold their TV rights for billions. Yeah. Billions and billions it's of amazing. dollars to, I don't, I don't know what name is it, US Network, Fox Sports, Fox, Fox Sport, whatever yeah. it was. We're not talking about like, we are talking Any the same it. sort of money that what the Premier League, Premier League. Fo- so that's, that's the level. So if you think Premier League football is like, wow, the money in the game, they're selling their TV rights for three hours on a Tuesday and a Monday night for billions and billions and billions of oh, really? dollars yeah. like a year so you think they've got to be there's something going on yeah, yeah. people now man go oh the ratings are terrible there's three million ratings because in the time when you were watching the ratings were like eight right nine ten million viewers or whatever which is like astronomical figures yeah there's some hit tv shows in america probably do a million viewers yeah and the networks are jumping for joy. Yeah, yeah. They're doing an average of about two and a half, three a week, and they're getting battered for it. <laughs> so if you're like, what do you do? Right. Yeah, yeah. How do you please the masses? Can't. It's like at the end of the day, he's a limited company. He's got stakeholders, and he's going. My product is bringing in billions and billions of dollars a year from this one revenue stream. Yeah. That's the TV stream, Kick and everything out, else. Merchandise. Going, you name it. Network. Yeah. Royalty. You. It's ridiculous, mm-hmm. and it probably on paper if you look at it there's no difference between that and the Premier League in yeah. terms of revenue Yeah. so how amazing it is and what goes on to that when you put it in that perspective you're like wow what a business absolutely, this is absolutely so it's like it's amazing it's like me buy stuff <laughs> <laughs> I used to have some toy figures I think I had a ring and some toy figures when I was a kid but I think that's all I had I didn't have anything else yeah I had a few bits my mate had like the rock curtain Stone Cold Steve Austin bed covers yeah yeah he got that far yeah, 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 you got loads nah you okay. still got them? Go on. Uh, you know what? I don't actually... I'll buy the T-shirts, right? Yeah. If I'm at an event, I'll get a T-shirt to mark the fact I've been there. It's more the fact that paying for the tickets to actually be there, that's the big expense yeah. Yeah. for me. Like, that's well, what gets you. To go to America, like, obviously you've got to invest heavy because you've got to fly, yeah. travel and all the expenses yeah. of going. So it's like... But what's the difference? Some people go out and spend a load of money on drugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go uh, out and spend on light entertainment. For a few hours. A few hours, bit of fun, isn't it? It's like going See to the opera, city, going yeah. to the like. Yeah, yeah, going to watch a theatre show. Same thing. You so. were involved in a drama. Look at that for a segue. No. You were involved in a drama on Netflix, Lee Cam. Oh. Right. <laughs> when you saw it, what was your first thought? Uh, very well edited. Yeah. Yeah, very well edited. I'm not. 
I mean, you have to be careful what you say, but I lived it from sort of end early, fe- well, start of February until yeah. the end of the season, and mm, I'm not so sure. It's yeah. very easy to paint Martin Martin Bain in that light. Not there at the club anymore. Let's put it all on his door. Mm. Put it on the owner who sold the club. Put it all on his door. Put it on Jack Rodwell's door. Goalkeepers aren't very good because they're not Jordan Pickford. Is it Do you again, know what I mean? It's like is it again where it's a dog. fans are great. Look at us, we're amazing, we're great. Look yeah. at our city, we're fantastic. Which is great, and they are amazing. I'm not saying they're not bad fans yeah. because they are fantastic fans. Absolutely love their club to bits. But the thing is with these things like these fly on the wall documentaries or whatever they are, I just don't think they should happen because there's an element of mystique that shouldn't be seen behind the curtain. Yeah. And I mean that in the greatest respect, the fact is that sometimes it breaks your heart mm. and you don't want they shouldn't have to see it. And yeah. it's like that scene, never meet your hero. Yeah, yeah. And I I look at it, I think great football club fantastic fan base stadium unbelievable training ground unbelievable but over the years it's been mismanaged and that's not for me being on the inside for a couple of months that's just it's not rocket science somewhere along the line they fought to stay in the Premier League what, four or five years various different managers stop gaps that's there for all to see yeah. so something started there and it's had a drip on effect yeah, the and fire it's, was lit there the fire was lit there and it's you know yeah. someone's chucked a bit of petrol on it along yeah. the way and it's gone and then obviously they, they've come into the into the championship and it's easy just to go oh, it's his fault and it's their fault mm-hmm. and Simon Grayson this and Chris Coleman that and it's like what can you do yeah. I mean what can you do Chris Coleman's got no money to spend he didn't you know I, I signed at 2 o'clock he was signing another goalkeeper mm. that fell through don't know why it fell through for whatever reasons then it's like they're scrambling Yeah, yeah. and with the greatest respect they ended up with me. Yeah. And it probably wasn't the right fit for either of us, but yeah. I needed to get out and play some football. They needed a keeper. They needed a keeper. Jesus, it's Sunderland. When, when, when what's a football club? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, and Gee. I probably wasn't the only one. That probably happened with a lot of other signings. That probably happened in the season before and that probably also happened in, in, the, in, the, in the Premier League. Yeah. It's because a club in that position at the time probably don't get their number one targets because their number one targets are probably third, fourth, fifth target in their mind to go to Sunderland they're probably thinking oh well, Sunderland or, uh, maybe I'll go West Ham yeah, I'll yeah. wait for West Ham West Ham don't want me maybe I'll go for, do you know what I mean yeah. There's it's again it's a moving cool. pieces that happens at all levels so it's like do you think as a programme it was more of a docudrama than a documentary because they had Netflix I thought it was a, a bit of a hindrance to be yeah. honest I thought it, it's, it, I thought it got in the way I think you put a Opinion our idea we were going to do a Birmingham City yeah. Netflix special next season, but <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. I just now, think there's it. a bit of mystique. I just think, I think, and it and it goes with a bit with the social media as well. Is like there has to be a bit of mystique to what goes on. Like yeah. there's a magician. You don't if a magician started showing you how to do the tricks, and so like mm. you, you lose right. interest. Yeah. And I think, and I mean this with a great respect. Like I follow Manchester United and I support Manchester. They're my team. But I don't want to see their changing room. Yeah. I don't want to see it. Yeah. I don't want to see people dancing. In, I want that. That's their sacred place. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to see behind the scenes. I don't want to see where the magic happens. Yeah. I want to see them play well on a Saturday and win. Yeah. Right. And if they don't win, 
I'm not going to cry about it and start going this and that. I said, you know what? Fine. We didn't win. Yeah. I just think things should be left behind closed doors a little bit yeah. where there's a mystique. And I think there's so many different outlets now with it all. And players are probably just as bad as anybody else with the way they do things. Yeah. And they, you know, Everyone's a journalist now with a camera on their phone. Unfortunately, yeah. Were you at QPR when they did the four-year plan? I was. Way? I yeah. featured in that. Following you around, around yeah. you love the, t- yeah, you that, love that, the TV that, camera. To be fair, that was probably ten years ago or so. That I wasn't really uh, prominent part of it. Prominent part of that. I wasn't really. I think I'd gone out on loan to Forest and mm. technically wasn't because again, that was a shambles. That was all done for like, all the wrong reasons. Like do it, but do it for the right reasons. Entertainment. And I generally think the one with Sunderland was done for the right reasons because I really did think it really come across. And you would think a Premier League club coming down would be pretty strong. Yeah. But they obviously wasn't in a financial position to be that strong. Yeah. And, but I think generally think that it was a case of, right, this is a rebuild season, we're going to bounce back. And unfortunately, didn't quite. Yeah. They sort of stumbled a bit and it, it went gradually got worse. But I think if you're going to do it, I'd do it for the right reasons. Because some of the stuff they do on, is it the Amazon Prime or the American football mm. teams? All like, or nothing stuff. All or nothing stuff. Really, really good. Yeah, it's good. But again, you don't feel like you've in, you've like intruded. Yeah. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah. you don't feel like you're, you're you don't want to watch it feeling intruded. Enough, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. get little snippets. You get to know like I like the one with the uh, the the Phoenix. Uh, I watched the Cardinals. It, yeah, Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals one yeah, of Phoenix yeah. and BA. Yeah, yeah. Like really, really good. Because when I finish, I want to I want to go into management and and that side of it. And I look at the way he dealt with players, and I looked at things and things like. The car parking space, parking your own car parking yeah. space. But there was enough there to show that there's a level of discipline and respect. Yeah. But that was it. Without going into the meat of him getting battered for it. Yeah, because I'm sure when the cameras went off mm. and he dragged that player in, that yeah. player got told in no uncertain terms, yeah, yeah. this is how you conduct yourself if you're a, a Cardinals player. Yeah. But there was enough there to go, whoa, yeah, this yeah. is run on like correct behaviours. Yeah. But then that was it. And he didn't need to see like, for example, Jack Rodwell coming out of an yeah. office and he's on his phone and they're yeah. like recording him and you're like, this is a kid's life. Yeah, yeah. Like, the fans don't like him. He earns whatever money he earns. Fine. It's kid's life. He's a gentleman. He's a kid. Who, yeah, yeah. He's got children. He's got a wife. He's trying to sort his life out. Mm. He doesn't want to be in this position. Mm. I'm sure if somebody went, we'll take you and get out of here, I bet he would have jumped on the first plane out of there. Mm. Fortunately, you are, you get the doubt the the yeah. cards you get dealt and you have to deal with it and I think that's the side of it where they got it right on the like the Cardinals and they probably just slightly got right. it wrong on the Sunderland one yeah. but again it's easy to be critical because I'm not an editor or a producer yeah. and I'm not putting it together yeah, yeah. I'm just saying it from my perspective and my take is that I think there needs to be a little bit of like mystique left yeah a little bit of toothpaste left in the old tub you know what I mean do you think off the back of that in the summer when everyone had watched it your reputation then took a hammer in before you done anything before you moved anywhere everyone because of the what the Sunderland fans yeah well again it, like. again it's social media isn't it like I don't I'm not on Twitter and I'm not on Instagram so I don't really follow what people say but people say this and people say that and it's like storming a teacup isn't it what if a duck's back yeah, yeah. like I first one to admit I, I, won't, I didn't play great I don't think I played as bad as people would like to like make out mm. but I didn't I wasn't by any like in certain terms like at the standards I feel I'm at now yeah. and that you know people are seeing but it is what it is do you know what I mean it's like this is the world you live in people yeah. jump on a phone and they're like I'm going to abuse him 
more power to you. If you get your kicks on slagging me off, great. Yeah. It's just like move on. I'm gonna have a coffee and chill. Like, <laughs> have you always had that? Just yeah. Rhino well, I've had incidents. You know, I was a Derby boy, played for Derby, and but then when I grew up, there was like fans forums. Yeah, like, that's where you get fans forum, and you're like, who cares? It's probably a Forest fan winding a load of like people, up. Yeah. and people on Twitter are probably like. Villa fans winding up Birmingham fans, yeah. Newcastle fans winding up. This is what people do. People get the kicks out of it. And yeah. it's, you know what, just whatever. Yeah, just can't like, let it affect you. And control what you can control. What comes out of other people's mouth and people's opinions of you is complete like, I live by my values and I do what I yeah. do and that's it. Yeah, because I thought just before you'd even kick the ball, you see stuff and you just think, the lad ain't even joined the club yet. And no, problem. no problem. No like, problem. Which I, which I think is just everything wrong with how what social media is you get 140 characters or now 280 characters so there's no context in whatever people say everyone wants to be the bad guy before they've posted and take the mick out of someone before mm. they've even given them a chance and I just mm. think that was a, that was the wrong bit of it yeah. if you've got an opinion on Lee Camp after 50 games or after two seasons and it's no based problem. on then you can and you can just but I take that it. exactly the same as I take that in the summer it doesn't matter Yeah. because you're more than entitled to your opinion and you can have all the, the opinions and everything you want. It's absolutely fine. But I sit here with all the facts. Yeah. And that's how I look at it. You can have all your own opinions and your opinion is based on what you know and what your facts are. For example, when I left Forest, there was all this school degree, blah, 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 blah. Like, I still lived in Nottingham until the summer. I went to Norwich, but I still live there. And I'd be in Westbridge, I'd go, oh, yeah, you did this and you did I was like, yeah, I did. Yeah, absolutely. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And people, I'd listen. I'd say to people, I appreciate you're passionate about your football club and I appreciate that you care, mm. right? But what you know is what you know. And you're more than entitled to have your opinion on your facts. Mm. And that sits more than comfortable with me. Because yeah. I sit here knowing the truth, yeah. right? And I understand that that football club or any other football club has to protect the wheel. Yeah. So Birmingham City, Nottingham Forest, Derby County, Bournemouth, all these football clubs will go on for hundreds of years after I'm dead mm. so they have to protect their wheel mm -hmm. so if I have to be the bad guy and I have to say I did this and I didn't quite do that it's absolutely fine mm. because I sit here with the facts and do I always have I always conducted myself in the right way not always and have I always deserved a bit better not always but I've deserved better from certain things but mm. it's no problem because yeah. the wheel has to be protected yeah. and we move on yeah. and it's like it's just it's yesterday's yesterday. It ain't gonna change. Do you think some young players need to adopt that attitude because they're growing up on social media and they stare everything, they live on it? <clears throat> well, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, I think they do because I'm like I said to you, I'm looking at wanting to move into coaching and managing. So I have to now look at how I would manage a squad. Mm -hmm. And when I go on, when I've done my coaching courses and done certain seminars, etc. Again, it's like looking at the bigger picture, the ripple effect, and it's like how do you manage situations if you've got players who are active on social media like you now look at it do they need that yeah do they need that to perform so if you kind of handcuff them a little bit is that going to affect their performance on saturday and yeah. it's like it's it's just another thing that's that's come around that's you have to adapt yeah at first i was like this is this is crap yeah like no players should not be it. on like no good will come from it players shouldn't be on there players shouldn't be interacting with fans in the wrong way yeah like and again, it's like going, oh, you know, people give you praise and you're, oh, thanks, mate, and all that. But when someone slags you off, you ignore it. Yeah. It's like you you can't go both ways. You can't have it good and you you can't disapprove of the bad. And that's why I just think, just leave it as it is. Mm. Don't get involved in it. 
because it's such a great tool, Twitter and that, the the, the immediacy yeah, of it, it's fantastic. Like to get the news so instant or mm. get information's great. And again, I just think, like, they do have to adopt it because yeah. you can, like the players who are getting like racially abused online, it's horrific. It's like, it's awful, it's dark ages. Delete your account. Yeah. Like, why don't just, then they win. All right, I can understand they can win, and you perhaps. If you delete it, you eliminate that 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 they platform. Don't they don't. No that platform's gone. Yeah. If people can't, if people can't use it correctly, then just eliminate it. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Cold callers call you. Just block them on your phone. That's yeah, great. Yeah. Just they block it and do whatever. And I know it's a real, real difficult subject with the racing because it's horrific, and some of the people that some of the things that have been put on there. Yeah. I mean, like, who are these people? Yeah. Like, absolute morons. And I just think, like, if someone was like shouting through your, your window in your kitchen, or if somebody pulled up at the traffic lights giving you the V's, you just drive off. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You take them. away from the situation. But like you say, then. But then they win, and it's a tough one. Yeah. It's a tough one. It's a real tough one. And again, you do what you feel is best, and I think yeah. like Raheem Sterling in the last couple of weeks. I mean, I think what a what a, what a guy. Mm. I mean, what a, the perception that was around him. Yeah. And again, I never bought into the perception of it because you're like, I don't know him. Good footballer. Yeah. You know, but you actually see, you think, why God, what, a, like, what, what a guy, and what a, a human man being. as well. So the maturity yeah. and like the intelligence and the way he speaks. You think, yeah. fantastic, like. Yeah. He's winning to yeah. me. He's winning, yeah. and it like should he shut? It? But I said shut your account down. Yeah. But he's winning. It's like again, well, do what you like. He's it, using it, either his side of it to then set the standard for other yeah. young players of ethnic minorities, and this is how you conduct yourself in the face of horrendous abuse. Like yeah. you say, he's come out of it and emerged fantastic. Amazing, amazing. So it's a difficult one. How difficult was it being a Derby lad to do so well at the Forest and your hometown fans? Because whenever we play Derby, oh. they give you absolutely booking. Well, <laughs> again, people have like, I'm at QPR. I leave Derby because they don't want me to play. So what do I do? So you sat in, you sat in this position, you've got a year left at Derby, just been promoted. You've had an increase in salary. And you think, shall I just sit here and take the money? Mm. Then people question if you want to play or not. And I had a great opportunity to go to QPR. I'd been there on loan. We'd stayed up. Manager I knew in John Gregory. I'd been there before, prior. Club that I had a history with. Fans like me. Good part of the world to live. Sort yeah. of lived in that sort of Berkshire, West London sort of area. I thought, well, I can sit here and do nothing. And then you become one of them people who just sits on their arse and yeah. earns a load of money for a year. And then what? So what's the ripple effect of that? Derby, Derby, Billy Davis leaves, doesn't offer me a new contract, which he said he wasn't going to do. He said I could stay for a year, but I wasn't going to be offered a new contract. You're out in the cold. So I'm out in the cold, not played really properly for two years. Still a young lad, not really built a reputation or any sort of thing. You get an opportunity to go and play first-team football at QPR mm. with a good set of players, a good manager. Club that didn't have any money, but were making a real beeline to get you to go there. Mm. And you think... You go and do it, so you leave, and then it goes sour at QPR. They have a diff- various managers. Mm. Again, I'm sat on a. I'd signed a new contract, four and a half year deal. Having been there eight months, on very very 
like good position, mm-hmm. good financial position where I could just sit and chill for two years and do nothing. Yeah. And then you're back to that scenario at Derby and it's like, what do I do? What do you do? You want to play? I've always wanted to play. I've always like, I've always, I've walked away from elements of money and I've never made money like my keeper. I've always wanted to be somewhere where I could play and make, make an impact. Mm-hmm, yeah. I sat QPR and I'm thinking, what do I do? Like, I'm not going to play here. Bir- Flavio Biratori didn't like me. One day he gave me a new contract and then three weeks later, like, he don't like me. Cam, <laughs> Cam can never play. Brilliant. <laughs> right, well, I've three and a half years here, yeah. so I could be an yeah. and sit here yeah, and take yeah. all your money yeah. or I could look for passages new Absolutely. and I think well what's the best situation it's not a healthy environment mm. so you leave and then you're a goalkeeper and there's only so many slots Yeah, so naturally you have probably looking below QPR and at that time they were sort of mid to low table championship side mm. that sort of era so Forrest had just come up they hadn't started the season great and they were actively possibly looking for a goalkeeper so agents, chief exec, speed, usual. Do you want to go to Forest on loan? What's Why your first not? thought there? Why not? Yeah. Back to the Midlands. I want to play. I yeah. need to play because my stock's getting low. I yeah. need to keep playing. I need to keep playing. Challenge. Bottom of the table. Bit of a challenge. Then look at the fixtures. Derby away. And I think, well... First first one? No, fourth game. Derby oh. away's fourth game. Okay. And I'm thinking, well, got to go back at some point. They yeah. used to jeer you a bit when you played. Didn't overly like me anyway, so what's what's yeah. the point? Then I look at it. Children to support, mortgage. Yeah. Still a young lad, got bills to pay. Back in the area. Back in the area, I think, well, again, Nottingham Forest. What a great chance to go and play for a good football club. Yeah. What a challenge. So you go and do it and then ended up signing permanently. And then, and then what? You're not meant to play well. Mm. You're not. You're meant to down tools now. You've signed and go in there as a secret agent. That's not. No. That's ridiculous. It's like. Did you get pelts the minute you signed there? Did you know uh, when you were doing it? When you obviously got, when I, No, not really. Because I still lived in Derby for a little bit yeah. afterwards. Um, I didn't know when I first when I first signed on loan. It wasn't that bad. Because yeah. I don't think Cluffy, Cluffy wasn't wasn't in Derby then, and it all got really heated when Nigel went to. Derby, right. I think, and I think Billy went to Forest, and I, I think Billy, uh, went sort of around about Christmas, and I think Nigel followed him just after, and I'd gone back to QPR, at that point my loan had finished, and that's when the rivalry started a bit, the whole Derby, because obviously Nigel and his connections, yeah. Billy and his connections, um, and it, that's when it all sort of heated up and there's obviously there's a few characters in either squad that sort of stir the pot yeah. and then the media get involved and it's like you know I mean you walk out it's got Clough Clough's managing Derby it's on the, it, I mean it's, you can't write it can no, you? it's great it it's like, and then everyone then it's like Chrissy Commons had signed for Derby straight yeah. from Forest um, so and, many subplots and, and there were so many subplots <laughs> yeah. and then obviously like I make no bones about it I um, I wind them up. Yeah, play to it. Oh, I play to it, and you know you do a bit along the way, and you blow a few quiz- kisses and your smiles. Oh, but no. it's what it is. It's like they give you a load of abuse, yeah. and then like you smile, yeah. and they want to kill you. Yeah, yeah. For smiling back at. <laughs> you smile back at. It's like so, so. If you start giving them visas or like yeah. stick the middle finger up at them, like I get into trouble. It's like yeah, you can't for win. a prime example, my cousin sits behind the goal right at Derby. It's, in fact. Two of them sit behind the gold. 
separately. My older cousin, who's pretty level-headed, Richard, my, my family sort of sit to the right of them, opposite that in the main stand. So I get booked at Derby for time-wasting. So the ball boy, my cousin, is over the ball boy's shoulder, right? He's, like, he's right behind him. And he said, he's, he's like looking at me, and I'm there waiting for the ball, right? And the ball boy takes forever to give me the ball, right? <laughs> and he walks up probably within about five or six yards and throws the ball <laughs> the other side of me where I can't get it, yeah. right? So I'm like, oh, brilliant. Yeah. So I turn around, referee books me, and they go, <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm not Ow. even time-wasting. <laughs> like, I can time-waste with the best of yeah, them, yeah. and it's like... Well, that is on our list to talk about. Yeah, I've got some great tricks you've not even seen yet. <laughs> so I'm looking, I've just been booked. These guys have just got me booked, right? This little boy boy who's about 13 has launched the ball where I can't get it. The referee's waiting to book me. Yeah. I'm thinking, so I'm talking to my cousin after the game, I, I can't remember who it was, I think we had some dinner a few weeks later. And he's like, what about when you got booked? And I went, I know. I wasn't even, t-. he went, the kid launched it about six <laughs> foot away from you on purpose. Yeah. And he's like, I went, well, I got booked because you lot are screaming. And that's just the way it is. And yeah. it's like, some of it is ridiculous. Some of the comments I've had over the years and some of the things that people have said to me, like... They overstep the mark a bit. Just it's just overstep. It's the personal it's stuff. It's the family stuff. It's the personal Yeah, stuff. like, it's when they, you know, you just think, I'm not going to repeat it. You just think, yeah. come on, mate. Yeah. Like, that's a bit... Yeah. It's no a good. game of football. Like, if you want to abuse me, I'm this, that, and that, that's fine. Like, yeah. but, again, you take a water for ducks back, but you kind of think, like, what are these people? Yeah, yeah. Like, imagine if I walked into your workplace... And just screamed what you just screamed at me. Mm. There'd be blue, like bloody hell yeah, to pay. Yeah. There'd be murder. Yeah. Like, and I just think, why should it be accepted? Like you were grown. Man. Like I've had like grown men, what like kids abusing me, like thir- 12, 13. Like and if, if my little and even steps out, I give him a clip. Yeah, yeah. Oi, yeah. language. Absolutely. And he's a freaking. Wow, like I, that's why I smile because yeah. it, it, you, you chuckle yeah, yeah. and then you're mad. Like, I've seen people fall down steps and go like stumbling all over the place, and I just think it's a left right. And they see you and they're like, got a pie and a pie, and, and they go charge <laughs> and then they go tumbling. I'm like, mate, can I like you think? Like, I think he's going, man, I want to pick him up, yeah, yeah, buy him a pint. Like, yeah. he's just lost your pint. You know, Do you know best, what I mean? The best part of that is if they actually had a conversation with you and got to know you and your reasons why you made the moves you did, they'd probably think. Probably respect that a little bit. Yeah, it's only like when my cousin left ABB and went to Rolls Royce in Derby. Yeah. Two companies that worked the same. He went Rolls Royce. Yeah. Went Rolls Royce because it benefited. It, it was a better situation. Yeah, career for him. move for him at the time. Yeah. The best thing. Like, for him. what what am I meant to do? Yeah. Like you you can't to upset a few Derby fans. You, you you're damned if you do and you're damned yeah. if you don't. Aren't yeah, you? Like, do you know what I mean? It's it's a case of you're never gonna win. You don't really want to win. Just no. want to win on Friday. That's all. That's it. Let's talk about your time at the club. How you enjoyed this year, mate? Since you've been good, in? really good. It felt like I've settled in from day one. Um, I've really enjoyed it. I yeah. didn't. I didn't really. Obviously, being a Midlands boy and knowing about the club, <clears throat> like I've known Stevie Spooner for years. Gareth Holmes, who was here before, like mm. our pals with him. But I didn't actually realise what a big club Birmingham was mm. until actually like. I've been involved in it. You know, people always say, oh, it's a big club and this is a big club and whatever. And like, I mentioned about Sunderland being a big club and aspects and that. But, like, Birmingham's a big club. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Second city club. Like, the way it's a big club. It's got a big club feel the way it is. Mm. And it's, I didn't appreciate that until actually, like, I got here. And that's probably 
just just being in football, having been here like in recent years, the struggles and that, you kind of forget what's gone yeah, before, yeah. don't you? Because everything's yeah, yeah. again, everything's so immediate, yeah, yeah. and you only think about what's what happened five minutes year. ago last year and blah blah blah. And it's like, wow, what a big, what a big club, what a really good club. Like, really yeah. enjoy being here and. Um, like I'm up, well, now I'm on the back nine of my career now, so I'm I'm enjoying every, everything I can. But so was Tiger Woods, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so was I was, but nah, really, really enjoying my time. Yeah, really Touchwood as well, stay injury free and play as many games as you have this year. That's got to be yeah. a big plus for you as well. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, I touched on it going up to Sunday. I've been injured and and been out, and it was touch and go whether or not. I mean, even up to last summer, I was having thoughts if I was gonna. You know, wasn't going to call it a day, and because mm. the one thing I wanted to do is that I wanted to be able to train and play, and I didn't want to. I spoke to specialists and physios. I mean, you know, you manage your loads and all these things they do now. I'm like, I don't want to be that guy that trains on a Friday. Yeah, it comes out and does a bit and does a little bit on a you know Thursday and get through. And I'm like, that's not. I want to be out there in the trenches. Like, mm-hmm. if I'm injured and I can't train or I need like a recovery day, then sense will prevail mm. but I didn't want to be that guy where people were like tiptoe like oh can he train today is yeah. his knee going to be alright and can he do this and can he do that I'm just getting through it and to be fair like the the best thing I did last summer was you know, sort of like go away and just take ownership of it and really get on top of things and uh, did you fitness wise yeah got on I, I got back to I was able I got running and got in the gym and did little bits and pieces that I used to do on my own mm. before I got injured which was like my go-to stuff and like well, if I can do this mentally I'm getting in a place might yeah. be a bit old school or whatever yeah, but that's yeah. my, my process and I went back to that and I thought well about 10 days before I started back at Cardiff I was like I knew the situation at Cardiff I knew what was going on I knew they were going to sign a goalkeeper and like me and me and uh, Neil Warner were like straight with one another who's good yeah. as gold I knew the situation, but I thought, I'm not going out like that. Like I'm going to go out on my terms. And if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go out failing miserably, basically. Yeah, yeah. I'm not just going to give up on it. And um, you know what? Touch wood. My knee's good. It's the rest of my body that's falling <laughs> to pieces. Fingers and wrists and, and things at the time of the year as it is. But yeah. no, I'm delighted. I've not, missed it. I've, not, I've not had any issues, which I'm really pleased with. And um, I'm as fit and as strong now as I think I've ever been. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, long mate, continue. Great atmosphere among your keepers as well. I know we joke about it whenever I take the camera down there and you try and hit us and break our equipment and all that stuff. Oh, it's great, yeah. The yeah. banner between you all, Flavs, you, the younger boys as well. Do you enjoy being part of that and the old head among some of the young keepers? We've got? Yeah, I do because they keep you young. Yeah. They keep you young. Like I really like Connell. Like Connell's a really nice guy. Uh, I sit next to him in the changing room and we have like a laugh and a joke about things. Um, but there's such an age gap. There's such yeah. an age. It's like. I know it's 12 years and it's a couple of generations, but it does feel like a big, because of like, the, generations, again, the, the, changes. Way the, the changes in, yeah, yeah. in society and things like that. There is a big thing, but like me and Con have some chats about stuff and we have banter and that, and it, it, it does keep young because I'm probably like, I'm the oldest in the squad. Mm. And uh, yeah, I get, and as well as like Weaves and I mean, Sivs is a loose cannon. <laughs> I mean, I've never known an 18-year-old talk to a senior professional the way he speaks to yeah. me. I mean, some days I don't even know what to say because I'm gobsmacked. I mean, I'll get a text at night and it's just like, wow, what? I don't know what to say to this or whatever. But Michael's a great character. Michael's a good lad, Bundesliga, yeah. Magic Mike. You know, he's, he's got all the moves, Magic. He's, uh... But it's great, though, because he comes from a different culture. He comes from Germany, yeah. where Germany in the last 
five, six, seven, ten years have produced fantastic goalkeepers. Yeah. So he comes over and is he technically the same as us? No. Does he look the same as us when he keeps goal? No. But he does the same object, keeps the ball out of the net. Exactly. And it's great to have somebody from a different mm. different culture who comes in and you look at going, Oh, you're never too old to learn. Yeah. You're never too old to learn. Like, you know, you you can do this and but we've got real good, real good in I think the way Flabs and Bevs work with the integration of the twenty threes in with the senior boys, mm. the under eighteens boys in with the twenty threes and then obviously in and we all you know, for instance we do some sessions we're all together. Yeah. So the camaraderie is together and you want to, you know, encourage the young ones and get them out of themselves and make the environment feel comfortable for them to to progress and perform. And then they take them out and they separate them to keep them hungry. Mm-hmm. That you can't always have that. You want to be over there every day, you've got to be there. Mm. And that's like they have a really good balance, really good balance. And we've got I know Flav's I've known Flav for a long time and, and we are mates and we'll we'll be mates after we part ways at Birmingham City, but I mean, Flavs is developing into like a real top goalie coach. Bevs is on the same sort of thinking and mindset as him. And as you saw some of the work today, it's all relevant. Again, the game's changed. The game's changed since I was playing 10 years ago, five years ago, and again now, different styles of play. So you're having to always adapt different things and it's not the routine of coming, catch a few balls, make a few saves, go home. Every day, challenges you physically and mentally to to improve and um, it's really good really good clip between us but you can't coach time wasting no you can't coach time wasting you are just... the best time wasting goalkeeper I've ever seen <laughs> that did you like my rugby one last <laughs> week against Leeds I was devastated because the ball sort of bounced up into a position I couldn't dive so I thought I've got to dive so I thought I'm just going to run this one over the line and score a try so I thought <laughs> Leeds fans were moaning. I thought I'd give you something to moan about. Here we go. Let's have it. He revels in it. It's. Um, I've got a few tricks. I've got a run up. You've not seen my run up yet. I'm trying. I've not had an opportunity really to do the run up because it's always been. But it's, you, you place the ball. Say if it's an offside, you you need you need the space okay. first. So you have an offside, and if you look when I take a kick, I usually run off about two two and a half three steps. Okay. But you have like a twenty five yard bowler's run up. <laughs> so you place the ball and you just keep going back. <laughs> And you just keep going back, yeah. and then you just do a little hand gesture to like, Juki, just move over. Like, I've got to wait for Juki. He's got to come up. Juki, Juki, <laughs> come on. Shay, over. Like, they wave a few hands, then you, you pull your socks up and you, you know, get your toes in to make sure your boots are in the ground. And then you slowly walk up to the ball, Technical get game. three yards away, you stop, and then you just kick it as normal. <laughs> so you've wasted 45 seconds, and the referee's just giving it. Oh, he's just running up because he usually jogs off or yeah, turns yeah, his yeah, back yeah. and I even watch you place the ball and he runs off yeah. so it's like you've got, you know, to, you've got to get that one in before yeah. the end of the season well, it's hard one to get in I don't think I've done that I mean, that's a good one I've got but it's not it's hard to uh, it's hard to get in because the yeah. timing's got to be right you've yeah. got to kind of do that when your kick is like the last kick of the game yeah, yeah. or it's like if I kick it into the corner there's like 20 seconds left yeah. so once they take that throw in or once they take that whatever it is that's the end of play you can't be doing that with like yeah, three or four minutes to go it's got mm-hmm. to be the timing so well if the opportunity arises I expect to say I'm going to call that one so I yeah. know exactly what he's doing yeah, yeah. we'll be running for like when, they, f- backing into the like when they throw board. the ball back to you and you're like you have your hands there yeah. and you open your hands up and the ball you're like throwing it too high like so many you've got like you know, you go like go to catch it and it pings off your knee. And you're like, oh, 
<laughs> so many different little fans see the away fans see it every time and you see them raging and that cracks me up because you're just doing the dark arts of football and it's what you're there to do he'd do it absolutely it's what you're there to do you should do it yeah if we're losing one now I expect them to time waste and take as much time right, yeah, yeah. as possible it's like it's like when you throw the ball up and you throw it so high it comes down with snow and it's like you could have just rolled that mm, could have but Sorry. it's not going to waste any time rolling it to <laughs> now is it got to get some snow so no, it's, uh, it's just no, it's a bit of fun it keeps it yeah. a bit of fun uh, we'll talk a little bit about Friday if we can looking yep. forward to it big game four to go big Easter weekend yeah Derby yeah, at home yeah I'm looking forward to it actually I'm I, I like these little periods. I like the Christmas period when the games come thick and fast because these are always, like when you were a kid, these were the ones where it, it keeps coming and mm. it's, it's uh, yeah, I mean, Derby's Derby. It's a tough game. They're obviously fighting for a position to get into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Monday is, is again, you know, people are calling it a relegation battle and all that, not a you know, relegation yeah. battle. But yeah. it's a tough game because rather than play their elements they did it when I was there go, you know no one really wants to go to Rotherham got player of the season there did get player of the season there yeah, yeah. it cost me a few quid but I got it it's <laughs> alright um, but no no one wants to go to Rotherham at any time of the year to be honest with you so yeah. Yeah. it's always tough and um, we've got to go there and match them because we know if we go there and match them and sort of nullify what they've got you'd like to think that mm. our quality will show through but if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile because I know what I know what the club's about and know what the manager's about. So it's two two different type of games. One footballing team, one with respect to probably play a little bit more like ourselves. Um, quick turnaround. So yeah, it's going to be a good couple of days. Yeah, is it just a case of trying to get this get over the line as quick as possible now? It's it's hanging over us. Everyone keeps saying, yeah, oh, we'll be okay. Yeah, it's like anything, and I suppose it's like if you're trying to fight for a playoff place, you want to be in the playoffs, and once you fight at the top of the league, you want to get promoted as soon as possible. But we just go every game as well. We've had a good week. I know sadly people might look a bit disappointing, but you know they've got nothing to lose. Gloves are off. They're going to, of course, they're going to throw everything yeah. at you sometimes things happen and if you can't win it you don't lose it and um, I think five points in, in three games we've had have been been a real good good uh, return let's just get as many points as we can I think you know two or three points should keep us mathematically safe I would imagine yeah. off the top of my head but yeah. if the worst comes to the worst I still think there's quite a lot for other teams to do to really drag us in there yeah. so uh, but again we control what we control and we'll want to get it done ourselves and not rely on anybody else yeah any favorite games this year the qpr one yeah qpr was qpr was good but nerve-wracking <laughs> um i enjoyed the villa games to be honest with you I yeah. like, i've never played in an atmosphere like that i mean yeah. that that blows derby forest out of the water i mean the noise at villa park was just like it was even it was pointless even trying to shout to the back four or players yeah. i couldn't hear you i could barely hear yourself shout so that sort of buzz about the place was and the one at St Andrews obviously as well was was great until mm. the incident happened and it sort of knocked the stuffing out of the game a bit but um, no, I enjoy I know we lost them but I mean in terms of like what it is I yeah, think yeah. they're really good to play in really good but no a last minute penalty save though, to win a game that was that crazy 4-0 up or 4-0 yeah, that's up nice. yeah that's nice that was a good obviously to go back to QPR as well it's yeah. like I always get a decent reception when I go back. It's always nice to go back there. Cause it's one of my favourite grounds yeah, to play at. Nice and tight, and Old fans school. are on top of you. And it's yeah, it's a bit like a bit of 
when you go to the new stadiums, like people are probably appreciating 50, 60, 70 years' time when they play there because it'll have a bit of history and a yeah. bit of what, you know, I grew up in the Premier League years and QPR were a Premier League team mm. and Trevor Sinclair scoring like over a kick yeah, there. Really and, like, cool. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's yeah. like to go to them grounds, it's always so they're, they're some of the best ones to go to. Does that game almost typify the life of a goalkeeper and the fact that you're going to have moments as a keeper where you are the hero? Penalty shootout's a perfect. Uh, example where you make a save or a fantastic I think there's one that leads away in that first win late on you have to make a massive save with about two minutes left and there's other games where if you make a mistake the result changes it's just the, is it the nature of the position that you always have that there's more yeah, on yeah, you're going to make mistakes yeah. that lead to points yeah. being dropped this year you'll also save points because of the nature of the position well that's the thing like one of the first interviews I did here and that was like it's just trying to be as consistent as you can like, I should have done better with a goal against Sheffield United and it's just like these things happen. Yeah. Like you have a split second, like should have done better with it. But I think over a course of a season, I think as long as you're in the plus zone and not in the the minus zone, mm. and that it doesn't affect your all round game, like probably should have done better with a goal at Swansea, the first one. But then you come and you make a couple of saves, and you, your game can't drop. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm gonna make mistakes. You know when that happens. You know when that happens, and you know in your own mind, you're like. Probably should have done a bit better with that one. Is your yeah. experience then kicking and you just go, right, clear that, wipe the done. deck, off we go. Next one. Next save. Next one. Because the next thing you need to do needs to be positive. And it needs to be positive and you need and, and nothing changes. Because if you save it, you do the next thing the same thing. Yeah. And this is what I tried to say to Sivs and some of the younger lads who are out playing men's football now and getting good experience. It's like that can't affect the game. Yeah. Because you can make that mistake in the first minute. And I've been there, I've made a mistake. Oh, damn. Yeah. Wrong position, bad kick, should have caught it, shouldn't have put whatever. You think, ah, I should have done better with that. You've got 90 minutes plus to play then. So what are you going to do? Do you turn around to the manager going, well, my head's gone. Mentally, I can't. Emotionally, I'm all over the place. So you just go, well, you know, that's the one. That's yeah. the one. It's like a golfer. It's a, bo- it's a bogey. It's a, it's a birdie. But he, want, he knows his score he wants to get to throughout the game, mm-hmm. uh, throughout the round, sorry. And he probably thinks, hmm, I want to be two, three under par here. So if he might go up and below, yeah. and it's... Even, of football, yeah. Absolutely, and that's how I look at it and try to don't let that one thing affect you. Because every time a goal goes in, the goal, it's always the goalie's fault, isn't it? So the goalie should do this. And you probably could probably could do better with everything, but there'd be no goal scored if the goalie saved everything, no. wouldn't they? So it's make a mistake, move on. Just yeah. get on with it. Don't let it affect the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. It's like, don't if you come for a cross, you miss it, you drop it, they score if the ball is there to come again, you come again. Because mm-hmm. the right thing is to do is to come for the cross. Yeah, That's it, simple as that. Or if you try to play out from the back and you get caught, but if the next ball is, it's easy to go, oh yeah, just boom it. But if the right thing is to do, you do the right thing, what's right for you and the team, you, you go to it and don't let it affect you. You just keep going and keep going. Mm-hmm. Finally from me, uh, should we get over the line? Are you looking forward to a summer rest and recovery? And I am, yeah. Got another um, year next year? Got another year. Um, yeah, um, I am. I'm looking for it. It'll be the first summer in a few years, but I've not really had anything on. So maybe you can watch some more wrestling. <laughs> I'm gonna go to New York and watch the Joshua fight. I think. Are you? Yeah, I go with a couple of mates. Into the boxing them. as well? Is it just? Uh, yeah, I do like my boxing. Do like my boxing, but mm-hmm. it's in Madison Square Garden, so I'd like to go. And to be fair, like a couple of my mates, I've not seen for a while because, well, Carl plays up at Newcastle, and our mate from Nottingham, he's had a baby and he's his businesses took him all over the world and his wife's businesses took him other parts of the world so yeah. he's had a mad sort of year and we've not really had much time together so we're going to have a few days in New York 
go and watch the boxing. Nice. Um, my agent looks after Big Baby, Does so he? he's got some tickets. So hopefully, go to the weigh in and. Yeah. And do a bit of that. We'll talk after we press record, press stop on the campaign. We'll see if we can sort something <laughs> out. So, yeah, so then, yeah, just rest, recover, get a bit of sun, stay fit, and get ready for, an, I don't know, what, my 20th pre season. <laughs> so, keepers don't do pre season, do they? No, not as much now. Nah, they're running, <laughs> goodness me, thankfully. But uh, we just. Uh, <laughs> when you've had a few few weeks off and you start diving again, oh my god! Like yeah, no, I've seen it. The hips and the joints, wow! Yeah. So you think, oh, it was only like three or four weeks ago since I was diving, but oh, your body switches off. So now I'm looking forward to it. Hopefully, we finish high and positive, and looking forward to the end of awards, end of year, do top top the season off, mm-hmm. sign it off nicely, and then I think everybody can see that the foundations have been laid for the future and I think that was probably what the football club needed mm-hmm. this year wanted to have a steady year unfortunately one or two things have happened along the way but overall you can in terms of being on the pitch and the playing squad I think foundations have been been put in place and mm-hmm. good building blocks which is always a great start for any team Camby it's been an absolute pleasure mate we could sit here for hours no I enjoy it we should, have, we should have a little segment I could do, I, like I said I love the podcast form yeah and like that sort of relaxed environment. Because you so can get into the details. And the you can get into details of things. And if you're just bored, just fast forward. <laughs> or just download and don't listen. That's yeah. brilliant. And then we, just you don't know, do we that still get the clip, but just don't. Yeah, you just don't have to listen. Don't have to listen. Just make sure you download it so the rate will go up. <laughs> uh, but no, we should have a, we should have got Tom in for the wrestling. We, yeah, Tom's yeah. Not, well, that's not launch a wrestling podcast on Blues TV. I think that's the way around it because a little group is yeah. only you, Tom, Callum. Yeah, I'll I'll pass that one. I'm busy that week. That <laughs> just the three of us. Yeah, we <laughs> should have a watch along. We should do what the rest of it, like yeah, some of these podcasts do because what's a watch along? Well, some of the podcasts what they do. Like one of the, my my favorite podcasts is this thing called uh, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. And Bruce Pritchard was Vince McMahon's right hand man. Okay, and he was like real. He was like the inner circle, do you right. know what I mean? So he knows a lot a of stuff. A lieutenant. A lieutenant. Nice word, I like it. I was going to go some like that. gangster mafia stuff, but we'll go yeah, with yeah. lieutenant. That's fine. Um, so you get his perspective on it, but sometimes, and there's a few other ones as well, a few other, other people that do it, but basically they, they fire it up, like a, like a WrestleMania, for instance, and they watch it, and then they just talk about it, okay. and they give their perspective of why yeah. things are going on okay. in there. So we should do that one day, like for all the make it happen. for all you blues fans who are wrestling nuts. This is one for you. We'll There's do at it. least one at WrestleMania, so he'll be listening. Well, yeah, that's the one listener. Yeah, there we go. Like Britain's well, got more talents with Stephen Muller, <laughs> isn't he? Like, I'm his one. I'm his one viewer. You're our so. Stephen Mulhern. I'd love to be Stephen Mulhern. <laughs> tell you. Um, and on that note, <laughs> I think we've uh, we've come to no, the no, end. We'll do it. We'll <laughs> do it. Thank you ever so much again, mate. No, you're welcome. I've enjoyed it. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Birmingham City's very own Stephen Mulhern. Lee Camp in the middle of our goal. We didn't mention the song, did we? Ah, oh, the haircut. Done. We should have sung it to him while talking about the haircut. <laughs> like one of us doing the chant, one discussing that Barnet. It's a rascal haircut for a 34-year-old. It's I'll, not for me. No, but. You know, he can pull it off. He adds to his character. But um, what a great interview. I just thought you could sit there and talk. I mean, his time-wasted antics alone deserve their own segment. Just the run-up. Um, yeah, I want to see that 25-yard run-up before the end of the year. But like I say, you can really tell that he's a, a professional who, um, who understands the game and everything that comes with it, everything off the pitch as well, the criticism that fans will have of him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but at the same time acknowledges the fact that uh, he's a goalkeeper with a job to do and when opportunities present themselves as they had during his career he'd be a fool not to take them that was the case in the summer when he joined the club um, and fair play to him you know a real a professional who, who knows what the game's all about knows that he's in the, the swan song of his career but still has loads to offer the young keepers as we heard I think the main thing we can take away from that is we're going to be starting a Blue CV watch-along of wrestling events now. Me, yeah. Campion, and Tom Hadley, first it's team not gonna happen. It's not going to happen. It's on the cards, mate. It, it, the seeds have been I sown. didn't even know what a watch-along was. You'll find out. Blue CV, next WWE uh, event. Yeah, I'll skip Anyway, uh, moving swiftly on. A <laughs> couple of big fixtures starting here tomorrow. Derby County. Yeah, big, big fixture, as Campy said. You know, one of his former former clubs, hometown boy, but... More importantly, a big three points on the cards. Derby still harbour hopes, slim hopes, I suppose. Their form has, has been up and down over recent months uh, of, of getting a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. Loads of quality in their squad, loads of individuals, uh, individual quality. But can Frank Lampard, uh, you know, lots of expectation put on him um, at the start of the season. As most Derby managers do, they seem to think that you know they have everything there to be a Premier League club again. Yeah. So he had that from the start of the year to contend with. Plus the fact that his first season in professional management, it's not a it's not a lower league club he's going into. So um, interesting to see how how they do in the the next few games. But for us, back on home soil again, as we said against anyone here on home ground at St Andrews with a bumper crowd, you fancy Blues. Yeah. Um, yes, Derby will have the ball. Uh, stats will be in their favour. But it's what you do with it. And as we saw against Leeds uh, and Sheffield United, we don't need too many chances to stick them away. So, yeah, hopefully we can we can quiet Mason Mount, who's going to be buoyed by his hat-trick mm-hmm. against Rotherham, funnily enough. Uh, but lots of quality in their team. Lots of forward players. Harry Wilson's a fantastic talent on his day. We were unlucky at their place. I say unlucky. First half, we were very good. Get yourselves in the lead. You think, oh, we're on here. But... Second they just blew half, us away. They were half. great, weren't yeah, they? they? I they, think probably the best performance against us all yeah, season. Yeah, they blew us away second half. I thought Norwich controlled the game away yeah. as well, but but in terms of an attacking team, I think it was a space of twenty minutes. They they, they blew us away, so that, that's that's a warning for us. But like I say, we need the points. I mean, three points on on Friday gives a one very big step towards safety. So intriguing game again. I'm looking forward to it. And then we move on to what could be a massive away day yeah. at Rotherham. Yeah. Complete sellout, I believe, in that away end. Yeah, yeah. And it could be where we mathematically confirm safety. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, I think it's just what Swansea play Rotherham on the Friday. Yeah. So we'll, we'll obviously have a clearer idea of what the picture is after that. But yeah, yeah, it's in our own hands. Go there, win. And that leaves you with two games to play. And it, the the the, uh, the difference should be unassailable for them to make up. So uh, yeah, trip to Rotherham. We know what they're all about. They've actually been better than many people expected, I think, this season. Um, they've been in games, but and, and going to their place will be difficult. The thing that does encourage me is the fact that you go to Rotherham at any other stage in the season and you'd imagine they'd bank up and make it difficult. Yeah. And, like I say, try and hope to nick it on the counter-attack. and That's where traditionally we've struggled. You look to results here, Bolton, Millwall, they're the games that we struggle to break teams down. Um but because of their predicament, because they're in desperate need of, of points and wins and they're running out of games, I think they have to play more expansive, particularly as the game goes on. Now, that is perfect for this Birmingham City side. I mean, the way we play. I was about to say, do you think that's going to lead to a great match, especially on our um, our behalf? Uh, that suits us down to the ground. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the more they have to commit men forwards in search of a goal, 
they leave those spaces for the wide players and Shea Adams who will drop in um, to occupy. Hopefully we, we see a, a repeat of the first half performance against Ipswich. A little bit more care around goal because um, with the final pass or that final finish, you know we, we, we should have been out of sight, like I say. So hopefully a repeat of that first 45, but can see it for a full 90 um, and we just take care of business ourselves and can enjoy the last two games of the season. And in regards to my point earlier about Michael Morrison, he's got to get what is it, sixteen goals now to uh, be top goal scorer? <laughs> yeah, he's on six. So what's Shay? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. So he could still be on. Yeah, sixteen. How many is that per game? Sixteen to draw, seventeen to win outright. Four per game? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Four, just right, yeah, yeah, four and a bit per game. You never know. I mean, he's yeah, he's had a great year, and I mean, in a, on a serious point, fair play tomorrow. I mean, he's scoring goals for set pieces. You know, everyone has their gripes about set pieces, but I know Pep Clotet takes very like a lot of pride in the work they put in. And, well, that's the uh, point. I was having to think the other day. I can't remember when we were this good from set pieces. Yeah. Like, you remember a few years back, Blue's got a corner or something. You'd be sat in the stands going, well, it's Blue's, nothing's going to come of it. <laughs> Let's be fair. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. We had that feeling for quite a while. And now this season, you think, especially if Conor Mahoney's taken it, there yeah. could be a goal at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. They're very astute. You know, it's that, those little details that I think make such a big difference. Whether it's you know the dark arts of the game, but blocking off a player or trying to free up one of the centre halves who are your better headers of the ball, Lukas Jukovic included, um, they've done it really well this year. Blues. I know Harley Dean will feel like he wants to have scored more this season, but for Michael Morrison, six scored, not just headers as well. He's there to prod home and stab mm-hmm. one from close range. Um, so yeah, hopefully we we carry that threat to the end of the season and. I think we saw during the World Cup there was like a record percentage of goals scored from set pieces. You know, England's love train. That's a yeah. Set the precedent for for our season. So yeah, I've been really impressed by, by that. And they have to come up with new ways. I'm going into next season a little bit and fast forwarding a few months away. But there's going to be new ways of trying to score a goal from a set piece because the amount of homework that goes in. It's actually an episode I'd quite like to do. I'm veering off a little bit, but just looking into the analytical side of the football club, how much goes into that because I know Ryan Needs, who heads that department and, and his team, Pete Shuttleworth, Dan Millard and the boys put in so much work into opposition scouting, uh, analysis of games. Um, that is something that interests me as a fan. Um, so we'll see if we can grab them over the summer when the players disappear. Look forward to that one. Anyway, another thing to look forward to, next Sunday, so not Easter Sunday, the one after, mm-hmm. here at St Andrews Trillion Trophy Stadium, Blues women are here hosting Liverpool. Yeah, great, a great opportunity for them to play at the stadium. Um, like I say, season ticket holders, uh, free admission for them mm-hmm. for the for the uh, for the game on on Sunday. So yeah, Liverpool side who haven't been performing this season. Looking at the league table, Blues with a couple of games in hand, so they'll want to uh, get the points on the board. You'd imagine Chelsea, Man City, and Arsenal are away now in the top three at the WSL. Um, but they still want to finish the season strong. You know, all the work that was put in both under Mark Skinner at the start of the, the season and Marta now. Um, as the men's team, you want to make sure that you that don't go to waste yeah. in the last weeks of the season. So, um, yeah, it should be a good one and a good opportunity just to come down and support the, the women's side. Like we've, we've said off air, the club now are trying to forge those gaps, um, trying to close those gaps, yeah, forge that relationship, mm-hmm. yeah, bridge the gap between the men's team and the women's team under the unified banner of one club and you know it's the player awards uh the week after the the men's season finishes mm-hmm. for the first time ever it's men and women um who'll be celebrated on the night 
usually they have their own evenings. So it's just, I think, a concerted effort from the club to support women's football. You know, we the RTC at the girls' side of the game is fantastic. I mean, I think you look at the teams in the area, Wolves, West Brom, mm-hmm. Aston Villa, um, Birmingham City's talent pool has just been phenomenal. You look at the amount of players in that first team that have graduated through Hannah Hamptons mm-hmm. and you, you sort of players that have come through and represent their country at youth levels and have made first team appearances for the club as well. Something that we should be shouting from the rooftops about. Mm-hmm. I noticed something that Mark Skinner when he was here was particularly proud of, the fact that we shouldn't have this underdog mentality anymore uh, as a women's outfit. So um, lots to celebrate the player awards. Get yourselves down to St Andrews on Sunday. Liverpool the visitors, Blues hoping to finish the season strong and put more points on the board. Well, with Liverpool being the visitors here to St Andrews, it was only sensible that we got Blues women's very own scouser, resident scouser, to come on and take on the quick fire question. So, take it away, Paige Williams. The Blues Talk Podcast. What music do you listen to before a game? House music. Snapchat story or Insta story? Insta story. Favourite restaurant to eat at? TGI's. Your karaoke song? Uh, simply the best, Tina Turner. Nice. Favourite movie? Eh, uh, white chicks. Which country produces the best food? Italy. What's your middle name? Louise. Ideal holiday destination? Bali. Favourite TV series? Eh, uh, Queen of the South. Nice. Uh, that's a good one for you. What's your order from a coffee shop? Oh, uh, flat white. Best goal you've ever seen on the pitch live? Ellen's one against Chelsea, the winner. Have you met your sporting hero and who is it? No, I haven't. Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard? Yeah. Uh, what did you go dressed as to your last fancy dress party? Myself. <laughs> Messing. <laughs> Do you follow an NBA, NFL or MRB team or just not interested? No. Not interested. Don't even know what that stands for. Uh, any WhatsApp groups you're in? What are the names? Apart from Blues. Rose between two fawns. Me, one of my other mates and Aoife. Obviously Aoife's the Rose. Um, family group chat. Bit boring to be honest. Fair. Can you speak another language? Yeah. Scouse. Yeah, fair. Which Hollywood actor would you choose to play yourself in a movie? Ooh, um, uh, what's it? Oh, Amy Schumer. Fair. <laughs> Decent one, this. If the whole squad had a Royal Rumble, who would be left in the ring at the end? Uh, me and Aoife. But out of the two of you, who's going to win? Me. Fair. What type of student were you at school? <sighs> Not a very good one. What's on your bucket list? <laughs> For this interview to be over. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a recurring dream and is it this interview? <laughs> uh, dream oh, do you know what to be in the police okay. uh, worst item of clothing you've ever worn oh, um, probably these like flowy trousers that no one ever liked proper scouse that proper scouse yeah addicted to anything coffee what are you most afraid of spiders favourite city other than Birmingham or Liverpool oh, um, gotta be Brescia in yeah. Italy. What's the best way to eat chicken? Like which part, which flavour? With your fingers. <laughs> yeah, but how do you have it? Like the actual chicken? Oh, chicken wing. Chicken wing? Yeah. yeah. What are your thoughts on fishing? Fishing? Couldn't think of anything worse. Favourite piece of sporting memorabilia that you own? Um, don't have any. No? And have you ever read a book cover to cover? <laughs> yeah. You'd be amazed how many people say no. Do you want another book? On, 50 book. Shades. The Blues Talk Podcast with Dale Moon and Callum Denning. Paige Williams there in advance of Blues Women playing here at St Andrews Trillion Trophy Stadium against Liverpool. Also, speaking about fixtures in the future, tomorrow 
or Good Friday if you're listening after, in which case you've actually missed the match, so there's yeah. no point listening to this. Um, it's available on Blue TV, pay-per-view £10, watch us at home to Derby County. We did ask the question about Rotherham United. Not once, not twice, but three times. Three times a question. Asked Rotherham if we could uh, stream the match on Monday, but they have said no. So that will only be available to international subscribers. Audio commentary will be available to UK fans. Anyway, Dale, uh, that's about the end of the podcast. But before we go, we've got a little bit of a special treat coming up next week. A belated Easter gift. The God Amongst Men. Uh, Big interview here on Blues Talk. We're not going to reveal too much in terms of who it is. Mm -hmm. But just know that the big gun Colin Tatum has been called in. You know it's serious. The reinforce, the cavalry's arrived. The big boss is in. Uh, so we're going to be having man like tats. <laughs> we're going to have a uh, yeah, quite a, a special interview here on Blues Talk. So stay tuned for that one. And that's all we're going to give you. In the meantime, this has been Blues Talk. I've been Callum Denny, and I've been Dal Moon. I was about to say we're back in a fortnight. We're not. We're back in a week for that that big special. And then I suppose it's a season wrap up. Yeah, and then the player awards. I mean, there's still lots to talk about, but for another week, I've been Dale Moon. We've done this. I've been Callum Denning. I've been Dale Moon again. And I've been Callum Denning, and we will see you, or you'll hear us, next time.